0: A series at the moment on 1 Corinthians looking at what it means to be a church shaped by the gospel. Um, Father God, we thank you that you're ready and willing to speak to us through your word. And we ask um, that now we would not only hear your word this morning, but intentionally be doers of your word as well. Um, Faith is in action and we want to be putting our faith into action off the back of what you have to say to us. So open our ears, Jesus, to what you want to say. And help us think about how it's going to work its way into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Rod. Yeah, as um, James said, we're continuing in 1 Corinthians. And uh, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through to 13. You will notice one slide that I've not put on there this this time. And that is of the short straw. <laughs> um, not saying that there are not challenges in the passage, because there are, but uh, the, the, uh, the original is not quite so complicated as some of the other passages. So we're looking at 1 Corinthians 12, spiritual gifts. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are are the work of the one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised in one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, some of you will know that, uh, not this immediate past week, but the week before, I spent three lovely evenings, three nights, four wonderful days in Malaga, in Spain, at the conference that you see there. And it was a relational mission, Uh, Pioneer Conference, part of New Frontiers, and um, the guys on on Tuesday asked me what it was like and they know I could talk and talk and talk about it because it was a great conference. (laughs) It really was. But if you were to ask me what one big thing, what one big thing did uh, I get from the conference, it would be this that as I experienced and as we experienced together the worship and the teaching and then I looked at church, the church, but also us as church, I believe God would say to us or I would feel about us, there must be more than this. That what I experienced there and what we heard there and what God did there should not be confined just to super-duper conferences. But should be part of local church. And that conference shouted that message to me. There must be more than this. And the passage that we've just read also shouts it to me about church that we've read, shouts at me, yeah, there must be more than this. And it was that passage when many, many years ago, too long ago for me to, to actually now <laughs> cope with, as young people, we looked at 1 Corinthians 12. And then we looked at our local church and we could not match the two. And that's as we were young people. And, you know, the church that we in, the pastor, stood in the pulpit, he announced the hymns, he prayed the prayers, he preached the sermon, all that we did was stand up and sing hymns from a book. And then we read 1 Corinthians 12 and we see a body that is live and active and and spiritual and gifts flowing. And we didn't, it didn't match. And it was in those days that we started, or I would say for me anyway personally, started to pursue charismatic renewal. Because of reading that passage. It wasn't the other lists of gifts of the Spirit in the Bible. It was these ones. Some of the other lists, say in Romans 12, we could identify with but none of these. These gifts seem different and as as probably green young people, we just said, where are they? These gifts. Oh, they died out with the apostles. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Oh, they, they died out when the New Testament was completed. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. In fact, that's a bit of a nonsense statement. But it's said. And we just said, where are they? In other words, years before the song was ever written, there must be more than this. You see, in these ch- in these. Verses, in fact, we could say in, in chapters 12 through to 14. God, uh, Paul gives a picture of a spirit-gifted and powerful local church. Let's just look at the passage then. Okay. Paul says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, he has a concern here. Next one. He has a concern. This passage... Is not just about gifts of the Spirit. In fact, in fact, the word gifts is not in the original. What Paul actually says now about spirituals. That's what he writes. And translations have added the word gifts. But actually, you could actually add the word people as well, just as easily, and it would be just as accurate. So what is Paul's concern? Paul's concern is about the people who consider themselves spiritual, because there was quite a bit of that in in Corinth. It's about the way the Spirit works in the church, the local church. And of course, his concern is about then the gifts that the Spirit gives. Because Paul says, now about spirituals that's literally what he writes and we've supplied the rest and then he goes on to say that he has a he gives a contrast he says you know you were led away to dumb idols now some pagan cults in Corinth had what could be called inspired speech so prophecy or even speaking in other languages, which we usually call tongues, was not unknown to them even before they became Christian. Because it happened in some cultic worship. But, Paul has already said, an idol doesn't speak. It's demons that speak. So he's, he's, he's drawing this contrast and he's saying to them, see where you've come from. Do you know, it's always good to look back and see where we've come from, not because we want to go back to the past but because we can celebrate the goodness of God and what he's done. We should always keep looking forward but it's good to celebrate what God has done. And then he he has this conviction and it's this, Now, you see, he talks about someone saying, Jesus, be cursed. You can't do that by the Holy Spirit. How on earth could that happen? In the Corinthian church, did someone stand up and say, Jesus, be cursed? What's going on here? Well, there's a lot of discussion about it. People are wondering what happened. They say it's not real. Paul is just drawing a hypothetical case, you know, to, to draw a con- contrast. Or some people say, well, he's contrasting it still with pagan worship and it may have been said in pagan worship. Or it could actually have happened in that, well, they were getting so worked up maybe a non-Christian was present or whatever. There are other, there are other theories it's too complicated to go in. Ultimately, we don't always know what's happening, but this is what Paul is convinced. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus as Lord. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Well, you could say the words. Anybody can say the words. But in their context, to say Jesus is Lord, put you on a collision course with Caesar. Ah, or if you were Jewish, it was claiming that Jesus is God because Lord translates Yahweh in the Old Testament. So to say Jesus is Lord, either to be on a collision course with the state or to be on a collision course with your former
1: allegiance as a Jew, that took the Holy Spirit. So, what is Paul saying then? He longs for the Corinthian
0: church to be a Jesus-glorifying
1: church. Yes, isn't that what we want? What do you want for New Life Christian Fellowship?
0: Many things, maybe. But at the end of the day, to be a church that glorifies Jesus. Isn't it good that this morning's worship, our focus was first of all upon Jesus? Fix your gaze upon Jesus. We enthrone you, Jesus. You're worthy of all our praise. A Jesus-glorifying church. Not, of course, just on a Sunday, but throughout seven days a week.
1: A Jesus-glorifying church. Well, then he comes to... Uh, he says there are
0: different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord, and different kinds of working, but it's the same God. Do you see it's rooted in Trinity? Father, Son, Spirit, or rather, Spirit, Son, Father. Not that Trinity is in the Bible, but the the basis for understanding that God is three persons is clearly in the Bible, in the New Testament. It's rooted. There are different kinds of grace gifts, gifts of grace, charismata, but the same Spirit. Interestingly, only here... And in Romans chapter 1 are the two words spiritual and charisma linked. That's the only place that actually they're put called spiritual gifts. Romans 12 is just charisma, gift of grace. And in Ephesians 4 Jesus gives the gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers jesus gives them so here it's spiritual gifts it's the one spirit secondly there are different kinds of service kinds of service ministries but they serve the same lord jesus who is the servant and then there's different kinds of working but it's the same god father implied here the word there is to energize that's where we get the Greek word, is where we get the word energy from. So what Paul is doing here, I'm hurrying through this. You could say quite a bit about it. I'm hurrying through it. What is Paul doing here? He's giving, if you like, a theological basis for a united but diverse church. Now, Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't discussing Trinity. Paul wasn't discussing the Godhead. Paul wasn't discussing father son holy spirit god three persons one in three three in one he wasn't but actually the trinity gives us a wonderful picture of diversity and unity and that's what local church should be like as as the father and the son and the spirit as the father who loves us sent the son who died for us as the spirit makes that real for us that's amazing and that's a picture of diversity, different roles, equality, unity, but difference as well. These, these, are, these are big things. But our church life together, our Sunday morning life together, should reflect that amazing, our amazing God, who is Trinity. Wow. Right, we move on. Then I believe Paul is saying here, and he's looking for a supernatural church. Ah. Paul says, each one can receive a gift, each one receives a gift. Now the words each one are emphatic. They stand right at the beginning of the sentence. So this is clear, it's, it's true. Each person in the church, the local church, may receive one of these gifts. No one left out. It's emphatic. Each one. That's interesting. Now, does that mean every time we meet together, every single person will receive a gift? Of course not. Can't do. It's not practical. I don't think that's what Paul meant but he does mean that every single person who's committed to Jesus who's part of the church I'm avoiding using the word body that will come later in another preach every single person may receive a gift from God no one left out
1: you can receive a gift yes you can Ooh, let's
0: go on a little bit now gifts here are called manifestations of the spirit in other words how does the spirit show himself in a concrete way as it were through these gifts so the gifts reveal the present activity the now activity of the spirit amongst the people Now people have said to me in the past, have you the gift of prophecy? I always say the answer is no, not unless God gives it. It's not something I possess. It's not something I've done that frequently, but I do have been given it by God at times. It's not as if God has given me the gift of interpretation of tongues. That has also happened to me, perhaps a bit more rarely, but it's happened. But I can't say I have that gift because it's as God gives it. Can't switch it on. I can't switch on a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I can't. So therefore, you say, I haven't in that sense, got it by, but God has given it, and don 't forget each one can receive. Okay. And all gifts, all manifestations of the spirit then, are given for the building up of the church, the
1: community. Wow So.
0: Now, I have to say, as we move on, I'm not going to expound all the gifts. I haven't got time. I believe these gifts, I believe this list of gifts is different to the others. I believe these are the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. Now, that's not to say God's not working supernaturally in other ways. But as I go back to when we, we were together looking at these, this passage as young people years and years and years ago, these were the things that we said we haven't got. In some of the other
1: lists, we could identify with some, but we haven't got these. And I look at church today, not just this church, but any church that claims to
0: be charismatic, and we still have to say, at least, where are some of them? And in some cases, where are they? right i believe paul gives a broad spectrum of gifts here somebody's made the comment that we want to analyze the gifts we want to sort of put them in boxes and say this gift means this and gift this mean gift means that and that's good and it's right that we understand each one but but actually it's like a broad spectrum if someone is prophesying that could easily spill over into giving a message or the word, because the word is Logos, word of wisdom or knowledge. If there's a gift of healing, where does that stop and say the working of a miracle begin? Yes, we can analyze it, but they sort of flow into each other. So this is, a, this is a lovely spectrum of what the Holy Spirit wants to give. He wants to move amongst the people, giving this, this
1: broad, broad spectrum of gifts. And don't forget that a gift is given to one person to pass on. There's no point God giving you a prophetic word, a prophetic utterance, if you don't pass it on.
0: we can see that can't we in the healing if God wants to give you one of the gifts of healings actually both words are plural there one gives you a a gift of healing that's that's no good unless you pass it on they are gifts that are given to be passed on because they're for the building up of, of everyone building up the
1: body really that's what they're for there must be more than this.
0: <laughs> and all these are the work of the same Spirit. That The diversity of gifts working the one Spirit and the Holy Spirit is sovereign in what he gives. So actually I can't demand that the Holy Spirit gives, but there's more to be said on that because actually the giving of the gifts is his sovereign work. So here we are, meeting together. We're worshipping Jesus. We're we're enjoying the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit's moving amongst and says, Ah, yes. I've got a prophetic word. Give it to you. You give it to the people. Ah. You speak out in tongues. And yes, you've got that interpretation.
1: And when the Holy Spirit is flowing like that, what happens? The whole is built up.
0: We all get encouraged. Ah, yes, you've got a gift of faith and you know that God's going to do something. And it happens. Ah, oh, there's a healing. Yes, God, you feel impelled to go and pray for someone. And the body joins in healing. It's a flow of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit sovereignly doing what he wants to do. I know the the larger the congregation, the more difficult that that is. But that's what the Holy Spirit, I believe, really wants to do as we flow together. This is challenging stuff because I'm saying things that none of us really are totally into. So Paul's description
1: of the local church is a supernatural church. certainly here then finally it's a spirit filled church we're
0: saying the same things in in different ways now question what is the diversity in unity based on what is the basis for that what does Paul say in these verses is the basis for that Those who know will know that verse verse 13 is a little difficult to to translate and and dig into, but this is what I believe he's saying. We're all baptised in the Spirit, not by. I'm not going to go into reasons for that, but I believe we are all baptised in the Spirit. and We're all given one Spirit to, to drink. If you like, that's like a Hebrew parallel thing all baptised in the Spirit. What's the basis? We've all been baptised in the Spirit, says Paul. We've all drunk of the one Spirit. That's why we can move in the Spirit with diversity, but unity, because we've all received the one Holy Spirit. Why did they experience that? Why did they experience those diverse gifts? Because they'd had a powerful experience of the Spirit. There are all sorts of questions that we could discuss here. But I would go with Gordon Fee in this. They knew they had received the Spirit.
1: They didn't be told it wasn't some sort of theory thing
0: but when they received Jesus as Lord and Saviour
1: when they were baptised in water they knew they'd received the spirit because that's all linked together wow
0: so it's okay somebody's standing up here preaching this isn't it but how do we move even a little from where we are to a more supernatural church now I do thank God for what he's done here God, is, God has been at work hasn't he God is, God is leading us on God is doing good things here. And we praise him for it. But here's here's how, I believe. First,
1: we know that we've been baptised in the Spirit. Not just in theory, but in reality. We talked about us as young people studying
0: all those years ago, 1 Corinthians 12, etc., of course, you study 1 Corinthians 12, you see speaking in tongues, that takes you to Acts chapter 2. Maybe we were, we were naive, maybe we hadn't got it theologically worked out, maybe, maybe we didn't understand all the nuances of Greek and all the rest of it, which we didn't. We were just young teenagers, or older teenagers actually, studying the Bible, thinking, this is in the, in the Bible, I want it. And it was as simple as that. And I remember I remember lying in bed saying, God, I'm going on holiday with some non-Christian friends tomorrow. I need to be filled with the Spirit tonight. Otherwise, it's not going to happen for a fortnight because I'm going to forget about it. And it, it was as if God said, yeah, okay. And I started to speak in tongues and then I couldn't stop. And I got worried because I wanted to go to sleep. I was, had to get up in the morning and I, I kept speaking in tongues. And eventually my mother, who had, had a sort of Pentecostal background... Me, a teenager, trots into her, wakes her up and says, I'm speaking in tongues, I can't stop. She says, it will, dear, don't worry about it. <laughs> and it did. But I woke up the next morning still rejoicing in God. Now, I don't know was that first experience, second experience, part of the beginning, part of the second blessing, ultimately we can work that out, but I know what God did. And I also know that I've let that go at times. You know, those days were heady. They were they were they were amazing. They were we were we were just you know, God, what are you doing? I hadn't a clue what it was gonna do to church, I hadn't a clue what it was gonna do to anything. To worship or or whatever's happened and some of the things we now accept as normal hadn't happened but were a result of many many people having that experience I didn't even know other people were having it but God was moving but I know I've let it go at times so it's not just enough to, to have that you've got to go on being filled with the spirit that's what the Bible says otherwise we're like leaky buckets and the water drains away God there's got to be more than this but I need to be filled with the spirit because a spirit filled church is, com- is
1: made up of spirit filled people that's where it is and say yeah good well I am open I'm open to the gifts many
0: years ago sort of around the same time I was open to marrying Heather <laughs> if I'd have remained open to marrying Heather, I'd be been standing here now a bachelor. <laughs> Do you know, I, I had to ask her. We sort of asked each other, actually. But, but, <laughs> but just to be open, <sighs> God, I'm open. I'm not doing anything. I, I'm just open. Do you know that's not biblical? I've heard many, many people say I'm open to. I'm open to the gifts. I'm glad. That's only halfway there, because jumping ahead, we've got to eagerly desire. Isn't it interesting? I never prophesy, I never speak in tongues publicly, I never interpret, I've never had a word of wisdom, I've never had a word of knowledge, I certainly have had faith, and maybe I've prayed for people to be sick, but I wouldn't say I've had a gift of healing, and certainly not
1: discerning spirits, why not? Because I've never desired them. I'm just open. And Paul says eagerly desire, earnestly desire, however you want to translate it. Go for it Because if, 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 if it doesn't, if we don't, it won't happen.
0: Oh, I couldn't be, give big prophecies like X,Y,Z. I couldn't, I couldn't pray and minister healing like this, this guy over or this lady over here. Start small. Start in small groups, start in house groups. Start in a, in, with whoever. Start, start small, and let's go on. Oh, I think what I want to say is, is try tried. I remember, I do remember, a very young Christian, a, a young young fella. He was in his early twenties, and he came up in in one of our churches, and he said, "I've just have just got a message from God." And I said, "What's that?" He said, "Just that God loves you." I said, "Give it." And he stood in front of the church. He said, "God is just telling me to tell you, He loves you very much." Do you know that broke open something that in that meeting? and yet he could have said
1: that's nothing he was just starting out but it was everything it broke open, open something and people rejoice. it's small but it was from God and that was what mattered oh that's controversial isn't it Do you know, I can't prove this biblically. But
0: Malaga experience would confirm it and many, many other times. That when you speak in tongues, it begins to open up the way to the rest of the supernatural. Because you're building yourself up and you're saying to God, you can do it. I want you to do it.
1: I love you. I praise you. I want you to move. And it begins to open up the way. There are other issues that we could mention. But nothing less will do. A spirit-filled church. And that means spirit-filled people. And that means a spirit-filled me. nothing less will do, can the band just uh,
0: go up I really feel that we need to press in on this not to manipulate I don't want anybody to feel that they're being forced into anything that they don't want but we need we need, I need let me put it, I need again to be filled with the Spirit. I need again to earnestly, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I long to see people getting saved here, people being healed here, God speaking the now word here, God moving in
1: power. Because people love this church just love this body of
0: people but folks there must there must
1: be more than this as we look at the scriptures I just ask uh,
0: the band to, to just play that softly
1: let's not sing
0: it at the moment and if you if you if you feel you'd like to know a fresh filling of the spirit because I would why not let's come come forward and I don't know who's going to minister to who but let's together uh, let's together ask for God to fill us afresh and if you don't want to do that if you want to stay seated that's absolutely fine Please pray. Please seek God.